Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 61 is entitled Letters of John to the Seven Churches, Sardis. The letter to the Church of Sardis is the fifth letter of John. The saints of Sardis appear to be a very hard lot. The introduction is rather gloomy. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Revelation 3, 1. Unlike the first four churches, no virtues are listed, and the admonition is as bleak as the introduction. It moves from those who are dead to those who are dying. Be watchful, and strengthen the things which remain, that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Revelation 3, 2. Considering what was said before, the above appears to be an understatement. But what we are tempted to overlook is the primary message. The primary message is not condemnation. It is a merciful warning. The primary message is repentance. Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. Revelation 3.3 They are not beyond redemption. Christ issues a second warning to the saints of Sardis. If, therefore, thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I come upon thee. Revelation 3.3 As with all of the letters, the letter to the saints of Sardis is written to the saints in all ages. It applies to Christians today because the second coming is imminent, 2,000 years closer than it was to the saints of Sardis. It applies to the early saints of Sardis because, as we know historically, the persecution intensifies, and a major political upheaval is soon to take place. However, as bleak as it sounds, there are still saints in Sardis who have, regardless of the pressures, remained faithful. Thou hast a few names even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Revelation 3, 4. What at first appeared to be a letter of absolute condemnation turns out to be a letter of tremendous hope. On the one hand, the majority of the saints of Sardis think that they are alive in Christ, but are spiritually dead, and unless they speedily repent, They will have their names removed from the book of life and will lose their place in the celestial kingdom with the other saints. When they think they are alive, they are dead. That is the greatest deceit of all, to think one is worthy of salvation but suddenly finds that he isn't, to discover that he has been operated under false pretensions. It brings to mind Christ's words. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Matthew seven twenty one through 23 One thing that is consistent in all seven letters is the spectacular promise if the saints do repent. The phrase, he that overcometh, is used in all seven letters. It refers to those who subordinate the natural man to the spiritual man. Repentance is an ongoing practice. 
It is not a single event, and all of the saints at Sardis can still lay claim to the promises if they get back on the straight and narrow path. Though each of the promises to the individual churches differs, collectively the promises apply to all saints at all times. Notice that the promise is one of sanctification. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment. Revelation 3, 5 John the Revelator defines white linen. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Revelation 19.8 We all find comfort in the words of Isaiah. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Isaiah 1.18 Sanctification is the first requirement for all saints who enter the presence of God. Without sanctification through the atoning blood of Jesus Christ, no one can live with God. The symbolic baptism washes away our sins. And now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Acts 22.16 only the blood of Christ can sanctify us and cleanse us from our sins. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Revelation 1.5 There are three promises given to the saints of Sardis. The three promises are in climatic order, meaning that the second is greater than the first, the third greater than the second. But the first is also a prerequisite for the second, and the second a prerequisite for the third. The first blessing is necessary for the second to occur. As we saw, the first blessing was that they shall be clothed in white raiment. The second blessing, which is even greater, is a consequence of the first. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. Revelation 3.5 The book of life, of course, is the book in which everyone wants their name written. Some, I suppose, consider the book of life to begin with blank pages, as with a journal, and when you reach the mark, your name is written down. That is not the case. It is quite the opposite. Every child born on the earth comes with his or her name already written in the book of life. None of us were sent here to fail. We all came to earth pure, in fact. It is childlike purity that defines how we should all become. Those who die in childhood before reaching the age of accountability are automatically saved in the kingdom of God. It is only through the sins of accountable adults who knowingly refuse to repent while they can whose names are blotted out. Satan and his angels are never written in the book of life. They are forever sons of perdition. The book of life dates back in Jewish traditions. In Exodus we read, Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sins, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book, which thou hast written. And the Lord said unto Moses, Whosoever hath sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. Exodus 32, 32-33 The book of life is also referred to by King David. Add iniquity unto their iniquity, and let them not come into thy righteousness. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living, and not be written with the righteous. Psalms 69, 27 through 28. 
But it is John the Revelator whom we look to for an explanation. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Revelation 20.12 We have an unnamed number of books referred to by John. John said, The books were opened. This does not refer to the book of life, for John says, Another book was opened, which is the book of life. What do the first books contain? John explains. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Two things are obvious. One set of books refers to the standards of judgment, which are the Holy Scriptures written by the apostles and prophets. John adds, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. Revelation twenty thirteen. The fact that the first set of books contained the standards of judgment revealed by God says something about the importance of studying the scriptures daily. We don't want any surprises. Another set of books contain a history of our works, which says something about the importance of work. Peter said, And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. 1 Peter 4, 8. What then is the book of life? It is rather a rhetorical question because John added, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Revelation twenty fourteen through 15. To recap, the first set of books contained the standards of judgment or the Holy Scriptures. The second set of books contained the record of our works. The third book, the book of life, contains the names of those who inherit eternal life with God, as the following scripture attests. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Matthew twenty-five thirty-four. In Revelation 21, John said, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new, And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Revelation 21, 1-7 In the very next verse, John lists those who do not enter into the eternal city. 
but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murders and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Revelation 21.8 Next in John's letter to the saints in Sardis, John lists the third blessing. The first blessing is that they shall be clothed in white raiment. The second blessing is that their name shall not be blotted out of the book of life. The third blessing is as follows. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Revelation 3, 5. If we think back to Christ's role in our lives, we will see the significance of that amazing statement and why it is the greatest of the three blessings, though the first two are necessary for the third to occur. They are causally linked. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. John 5.22 One of the messages of the letter of John to the church of Sardis is that regardless of circumstances, everyone who comes to Christ can be saved. No one is hopeless. Anyone can repent, return unto Christ, and become an heir of salvation. We can all be clothed in white raiment. We can all prevent our names from being blotted out of the book of life. And we can all call upon God for forgiveness, receive a remission of our sins, and be sanctified. We can all have the Savior as our Redeemer and our Advocate with the Father. And we can all inherit all things with Christ. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.